Leadership affects every area of our life. Because of that, we've been looking at the life of Moses, and we've been looking at more than just some of the events in his life and some of the character traits of his life. We've been specifically looking at the leadership lessons that Moses learned through his relationship with God. As Moses was called into leadership, he uh, felt like he was the most unworthy person that God could have chosen. Of course, you know the story of Moses. He grew up in Pharaoh's house as a Hebrew, but he was adopted into Pharaoh's house, so raised as an Egyptian. And at the age of 40, he understood that he was a Hebrew. He understood that God had a purpose for him and had placed him in Egypt for a reason. And so he goes out on his own to kind of start this rebellion and start leading Israel out, and he ends up killing an Egyptian guard who was beating a Hebrew. Well, of course, Pharaoh finds out about it, and now Moses' life is in danger. He's a wanted criminal. So he flees Egypt. He runs to the backside of the desert, to the, to the land of Midian, where he spends the next 40 years as a sheep herder. So he's gone from the palace and being one of the, the, the most well-educated, most well-respected men in the world to leading sheep on the backside of a desert. And for 40 years, he works for his father-in-law and just tends to sheep. And he's, he's humbled, but he thinks, this is my life, and he's fine with that. Well, then God comes to him in a burning bush and says, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt and lead my people out. And Moses, of course, comes up with every excuse imaginable why he can't do it. God, you've got the wrong person. God, they won't listen to me. God, I don't know enough. God, I'm not smart enough. God, I'm not strong enough. And just reason after reason, he gives God as to why God has made the wrong choice. And God finally tells him, Moses, uh, I didn't make the wrong choice because it's not you doing the leading. It's me doing it through you. So shut up and go. And Moses says, okay, well, we'll see. And so he goes to Egypt, he faces Pharaoh, and he becomes the leader of the nation of Israel as he leads them out of captivity and towards the promised land of God. Now, at the end of Moses' life, he became the greatest leader of Israel's history. He's one of the greatest leaders in the Bible, but he didn't start out that way. He started out as a, a man who didn't think he was capable a man who didn't think he was worthy. And so looking at how he came to be one of the greatest leaders of history helps us learn how we can be leaders as well. Because we need to understand that every one of us has leadership. See, we, we have a, a, a wrong view of leadership. We look at leadership as a position. You know, well, I've got a managerial position at work, so I'm a leader of certain people, but there's other people above me. Or I've got, you know, I'm a, I'm a parent, so of course, naturally, I'm a leader. Or we look at authority, we look at position as leadership. But leadership is not about a position. Leadership is not about authority. Leadership is about influence. Leadership is one life influencing the life of another. So each of us has leadership because every one of us has influence over someone. Every one of us influences the life of someone else. We have some God-given area of influence in our lives. We have a God-given area of leadership in our lives. Maybe it's in the business world. 
Maybe it's a, a position at work. Maybe, maybe you do have a managerial position, but maybe you're just a, a cog in the wheel like everyone else, but you still have the uh, opportunity to influence the lives of other people. You can still be a leader to other people, even if you're on the same plane authoritatively, even if you have the same position or the same title, the same salary, it doesn't matter. You can still be a leader and influence the lives of others. Maybe it's in a classroom as a teacher or a student. Maybe it's in your, in your neighborhood with your, 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 co- your neighbors and your friends where you can influence them and, and lead them to, to serve a, lead a life that is pleasing to God. Maybe it's in your home as a mom and a dad. Of course, I firmly believe that the greatest position of leadership we've all been given as a, par- as a, as a parent, where God has, has given us these little souls that we're to, we're to influence for him, we're to train for him, we're to raise up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Leadership is simply influencing the lives of others. So God has called each of us to be a leader. So these leadership lessons we see in the life of Moses, they are applicable to every single one of us. In the first week, we looked at the characteristics of leadership, the character of leaders. We said that leaders, they listen for the voice of God. So if you're going to listen for the voice of God, you've got to be in the Word of God. You've got to sit yourself under the preaching of the Word of God. You've got to listen for when God speaks to you. And so you have to be in a position where God can speak to you. You have to live, live a clean life. Make sure your life is, is free from unconfessed sin so that God can speak to you. But leaders listen for the voice of God. Leaders look for the activity of God. And the most important thing that we saw was that leaders live in dependence on God. See, one of the greatest things that Moses learned and lived was that he understood that every success he had was not his success. It was God using him. He knew he didn't part the Red Sea. He knew God had used him to part the Red Sea. He knew he didn't turn the water into blood. God had used him to turn the water into blood. He didn't bring water out of the rock. God had used him. And he knew that God had used him because he lived his life in dependence on God. Last week, we looked at the courage of leaders. We saw how leaders, they stand for God and and lead for God courageously despite the obstacles they face. If there's a Red Sea in front of them and an Egyptian army behind them, if God has spoken, they stand courageously for God. So today, we're going to look at the third leadership principle from the life of Moses. And it's simply this, leaders receive counsel. In Exodus chapter 18, Moses has been leading the nation of Israel for a while. He's conquered the Egyptian army. He's, he's faced Pharaoh and he's, he's seen the 12 plagues come down on Egypt. And he's, he's seen Pharaoh break under his leadership and he's led Israel out and he's, he's been to the Red Sea. He led the Israelite nation through the Red Sea on dry ground as the the Egyptian army pursued them. He he was there and led Israel as they turned around and saw the waves crash down and destroy Pharaoh. He led them to Mount Sinai where he stayed for 40 days on the mountain with with getting the word of God from God. He's led them where they've, they've gotten manna from heaven. They've gotten water from a rock. Moses has been doing this job for a while and he's been doing it pretty well. He's been doing a great job leading the nation of Israel. When Moses first started out, he thought no one would listen to him. That was one of his arguments with God. When God came to him and said, Moses, I want you to go lead my people, he says, God, no one will listen to me. 
No one will care what I have to say. No one's going to follow me, so why would I go? In Exodus chapter 18, everybody's listening to him. So many people want Moses' opinion on every little issue that every day, from sunup to sundown, there's a line of people outside his tent waiting to come and talk to him, waiting to hear from Moses. And because of this, he's becoming overwhelmed by the burden. Because they're not, they're not really coming to him about major issues. They're coming to him about, about silly things. My neighbor stole my manna. My neighbor backed his chariot into my chariot and did it in my chariot, and now he won't pay for it. Just silly little things. Hey, you know, what color should I paint my chariot? You know, who cares? Whatever gets you the cheapest insurance rate. White, by the way, is the most insurance-friendly color. So what color car should you buy? White, because that gives you the cheapest insurance rate. Don't buy black or red, especially if it's a, if it's a sports car, because they'll jack that rate up. But, so the, but they're coming to him day in and day out, hour after hour, about every little thing. And he's getting worn down. He's getting kind of fed up with it. He's becoming overwhelmed with the burden of leadership. It gets to the point where he's becoming so overwhelmed with the task that again, he thinks, I'm not the right man for this. In Exodus chapter 18, he has a conversation with his father-in-law, Jethro. So look in Exodus 18, starting in verse number 13. <clears throat> and it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood by Moses from the morning unto the evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw that he did to the people, he said, what, this, what is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone, and all the people stand by thee from morning unto even? And Moses said unto his father-in-law, because, because the people come unto me to inquire of God, when they have a matter, they come unto me, and I judge between one or another, and I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. Thou wilt surely wear away, both thou and this people that is with thee. For this thing is too heavy for thee, thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Hearken now unto my voice. I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. But be thou for the people to Godward, and thou mayest bring the causes unto God. And thou shalt teach unto them ordinances and laws, and thou shalt show them the way wherein they must walk, and the work that they must do. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, and rulers of hundreds, and rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens, and let them judge the people at all seasons, and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee, but every small matter they shall judge, so it shall be easier for thyself, and they shall bear the burden with thee." If thou shalt do this thing, and God commanded thee so, then thou shalt be able to endure, and all this people shall go unto their place in peace. So Moses hearkened unto the voice of his father-in-law, and did all that he had said. All you father-in-laws like that verse, don't you? Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law, and did as he had said. And Moses said, no, it wasn't his mother-in-law. Let's just park right there for a second. He didn't listen to his mother-in-law. Listen to his father-in-law. All right. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. 
And Moses chose able men out of all of Israel and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds and rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. And they judged the people at all seasons. And they heard, and the hard cases they brought unto Moses, but every small matter they judged themselves. And Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went his way into his own land. So these verses, they, they give us some incredible principles about what it means to be a leader and what it means for allowing others to share the burden of leadership with you. So as we continue looking at the, the leadership principles through the life of Moses, let's look at the principle of receiving counsel. And first, the only point we're really going to see is leaders receive counsel from others. Leaders receive counsel from others. There was a, a priest in the 1600s named John Dunn. And he coined a phrase that probably most of us know or all of us know. He coined this phrase, no man is an island unto himself. How many of y'all have heard that phrase? How many of y'all have ever used that phrase? How many of y'all have ever used that phrase? I don't know what it means. Yeah. So John Dunn coined the phrase, no man is an island unto himself. Moses had built for himself an island of leadership, and it was going to destroy him. He had set himself up where everyone that he was leading, everyone that, that had any issue came to him, and it was going to destroy him. Too many leaders, they tried to lead from an island. What God is telling us through these scriptures is we cannot influence others without allowing someone to influence us. We cannot give to others if someone else isn't giving to us. Now look, leadership can be lonely at times. There are times as a parent where it's real lonely, where your kids hate you. They think you're the worst thing that's ever happened to them. And why are you doing this to me, Mom? I need my phone. And you're like, oh, you just, you're horrible. There are times leadership can be lonely. There are times as a pastor it can be very lonely. There are times as a parent, as a, as a boss, it can be very lonely, but leadership, though it can be lonely, is not to be done alone. We need to have others help influence us so we can influence others. So if we're going to be leaders that lead listening to others, if we're going to be leaders who allow other people to influence us and to counsel us and to pour into us, then there's a couple questions we have to ask to make sure we are receiving the correct counsel and to make sure we are letting the right people pour into us. So here's the first question. Who is in my life that I am listening to? Look again at verse number 14. And Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people. Now that, that phrase there, saw, it's, 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 it literally means he saw everything. Now, of course, he's not omniscient and omnipresent like God's. We didn't see all of creation, but he had access to Moses' life. He could go back into the, the back parts where behind the curtain, and he could see how Moses was running things. He could see the burden that was going on Moses. He could see how he had, what he was allowing to happen. And so he saw the whole process. He saw everything that was going on in Moses' life. So Moses, he had people in his life that could see the entire scope of his leadership, and they had access to Moses' life. This isn't some guy coming off the street telling him what he thinks. He says, look, in today's day and age, you're going to have all kinds of people trying to tell you what you should do. Just post something on Facebook and they'll tell people you don't even know. 
are going to have people you don't even like, but for some reason you have to be Facebook friends with them. Don't you hate that? There's some people you got to be friends with on Facebook because it just you got maybe maybe they're your brother. Who knows? But you got to be friends with these people, and so you you know but you you say something and people are going to give you all types of advice. So I'm not just saying just let anyone tell you what to do. It needs to be someone that you trust, someone that is 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 in the innermost part of your life that can look at not just what's going on at work but in your home life and they can see everything that's going on and they they have not just the access to see it but they have the ability the availability and the freedom to come to you and say hey i i see a problem i see some danger ahead because that's what jethro was telling moses he wasn't telling moses moses you're sinning he's telling moses moses this is gonna, if you don't do something this is going to be bad I see some danger ahead in your life. Jethro saw it all, which means Moses had led him in and given him the opportunity to speak up when he had a problem, when he saw a problem. So here's the question. Who is in your life that you allow to see everything that's going on and you give them permission to point out areas where you could use some help? Because we all need them. We all need people who can look into our life and they have the freedom to come up and say, you know what, I'm not trying to be ugly or hateful or mean or hurt your feelings or anything, but hey, I just, there, there, there's an issue that you may want to, you may want to look at. There's, there's something that it, it, if you don't do something, it may, it may be bad. Or even come up to you and say, hey, this is what you're doing and it's wrong. People that have, the, uh, that have the, the freedom to point out sin in your life with you not getting angry or hateful or blowing up at them. People who, who can come to you and say, hey, I've been noticing some changes and there's, there's something you may want to look at. We all need people in our life that can have the freedom to do that. Moses wasn't doing anything sinful, but Jethro saw the danger if he continued leading the way that he was. We need someone who will help us and someone that we let in that can keep us accountable. Someone that, that can come to us and ask us, the hard questions, can point out problems in our life. Jethro could see what Moses could not see. He saw weaknesses that Moses was blind to. You know, others can see weaknesses in your leadership that you cannot because weaknesses are born out of unguarded strength. Here's, here's an example. I was talking to some of the, the teen boys this week. Some of them, you know, we're, we're going around and we're talking about, you know, what's, what's bothering you? What's your biggest problem? What's your biggest struggle? And most of them were, you know, stubbornness. Stubbornness can be a good thing. It, it can be good when, when, when you want to serve God or live for God and someone comes up to you and they're trying to get you to, to sin or trying to get you to go back on God, being stubborn for the things of God and being stubborn for right and good it, it is a good thing. When, when you're married and, and some, some girl comes up trying to, to flirt with you and get you to have an affair with your, uh, against your wife, you being stubborn and saying, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I love my wife. I love my God. I don't want her to kill me. Uh, I'm not going to do it. Being stubborn for right is a good thing. But the flip side of that, you can be stubborn and, and make some stupid decisions because you've got to be right. One of our teens did that this weekend. It wasn't major, but he just, he, was, he said, I'm going to sleep on, he didn't want to sleep in the bed with everybody. So he's like, I'm going I'm to sleep on the floor. And me and Abraham told him, well, that, that's stupid. If you don't want to sleep, you know, in the bed with the other, other teenager, you know, get a cot. The hotel will give us a cot. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm gonna, and so stubbornly, to prove he was right, he slept on the floor. Then he complained the whole next day that he slept on the floor and didn't get any rest. Like, you made the decision. Stubbornness can be good, 
but it has some weaknesses there as well. Moses, his leadership was good. He had some great strengths, but they were, they were causing some weaknesses that he didn't see. Moses, he thought a position of strength in his leadership was his ability to speak into the lives of others. He thought, man, people can come to me with issues and I can, I can show them what God would have them to do because God's speaking to me so I can, I can take the word of God. Literally, I mean, he, we're not talking he took the Bible and he, he took the word of God. God spoke it to him, which is pretty, I wish God would do that still. He's, I can take the word of God and the principles of God and I can lead them. He's like, man, this is a great, great strength I have. This is a great ability I have. But it was, it was killing him. It was a strength that he had but he didn't see the weaknesses it caused. He, he took a lot of pride in the fact that there was a line of people, people outside of his door waiting to get his input. His strength had become a weakness that he was blind to. And if someone didn't have the access and someone didn't have the courage to point it out to him, he never would have seen it. Proverbs teaches this over and over again. Wisdom demands we get input from other people in our life. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says this. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Now, when it says walketh with wise, that phrase walketh with is the same Hebrew word as the word companion. So it's the same word used twice there. So what the Bible is saying here is hey, a companion of wise men is wise, a companion of fools will be destroyed. Now the word companion is a relationship or friendship between two people. We're not talking about leadership coaches here. We're not talking about people who don't have, who don't have any personal, we are talking about people who are intimately involved in your life. People who you are walking with and can see what's going on. They are in your life. They know your business. They know your strengths. They know your weaknesses and they can point them out to you. Having the right people in your life now can determine if you make wise decisions later. Wise people walk with wise people. Foolish people walk with fools. And people that walk with fools and allow fools to influence them, God says they will be destroyed. We need someone in our life who can point out our blind spots, who can see the dangerous areas in our life and have the freedom to point it out to us. So we need to ask, who are you listening to? Secondly, am I listening to those people in my life? It's not sufficient that I have a, a group of people that I allow to talk to me or allow to point out things in my life and just say, well, I've got accountability partners. Check if I don't listen to them. I've got to listen to the people that God's placed in my life. Look at verse number 17. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, the thing that thou doest is not good. So Moses here is not only taking rebuke, he's taking rebuke from his father-in-law. That's pretty harsh. At least it's not his mother-in-law. Look, only time mother-in-law is mentioned in the Bible? When? When Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. What did Peter do? He cussed. I'm just saying. God heals his mother-in-law, he cusses about it. So obviously, mother-in-law is bad, father-in-law is okay, amen? So he's being rebuked by his father-in-law. Look at verse number 18. Thou wilt surely weigh away, both thou and this people that be with thee. For this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. In verse 17, Jethro says, Moses, what you have going on here is not good. 
Now look, who's Moses? He is the hand-picked leader of God. God, hand, God came to him. He didn't fill out an application and go through an interview process hoping to get the job for God. God came to him and said, Moses, I have chosen you to lead my people out of captivity. Take them from the most powerful nation in the world to take them to the land that I promised their father Abraham thousands of years ago. I have picked you to do this. But Moses has stood before Pharaoh. He has conquered the Egyptian army. He has walked with God and seen God people. Who is Jethro? He's a guy who leads sheep. He's a shepherd. Here's Moses, the leader that God has picked. Hearing the complaints of three million people. Who's Jethro? He's a, his biggest complaint is, bah. That's all he ever hears all day. So Moses could have very easily rebuked Jethro. He could have said, who, who, who are you? Why are you even here? Don't you, don't you got sheep to tend to? I got, I got real business of God to deal with. You go take care of the sheep. I don't work for you anymore, sir. Get on out of here. But he didn't rebuke him. He listened to the advice of this man. If Moses had looked at his victories as his victories instead of God's victories, he wouldn't have listened to Jethro. If Moses would have thought, who are you, Jethro? I parted the Red Sea. I brought water out of a rock. I sent manna from heaven. Who are you to talk? But he understood. He did none of that. God had done all of it. Moses, in humility, he understood it was God that gave him the victory, and he knew he needed God and he needed others. If we get to the point in our leadership where we don't think we need other people and we don't think we need God, we're going to fail. Simple as that. If you get to the point in your life in any area where you don't think you need God, you're going to fail. Look at verse number 24. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Even though Jethro had never led people, had never faced an army, Moses listened to the advice of his father-in-law. And here's why we need to understand that. My perspective is always limited. I can't see everything. I can't see every area of my life. My input is never enough because I don't know it all. And my flesh is always deceitful and will lie to me about it all. So because of that, I need to listen to other people because I can't see everything, I don't know everything, and my flesh is going to lie to me. I need people to speak into my life, but I also need to listen to them. So if you get to the point where you think you can see it all, where you think you know it all, and you can trust yourself, then you're in danger. Proverbs 10, 17 says, He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction. The word instruction there means verbal correction. You are headed in the right direction if you are listening to others who try to correct you. But that verse continues. But he that refuseth reproof erreth. The word erreth in the Hebrew means to wander off course. If someone speaks into my life and I refuse to listen... I'm wandering off the course that God has for my life. In leadership, it is extremely dangerous because you are wandering off course, but you're taking those who are following you with you. 
It's your kids, it's your classmates, it's your neighbors, it's your co-workers. As you wander off course, they follow. Proverbs 12.1 says, Whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. Now, the Hebrew word brutish there, is, is, is Raylan in here? Okay, good. The Hebrew word brutish there, literally, look it up. It means stupid. That's a bad word, preacher. God used it, not me. In the Hebrew, you look at it in the original Hebrew, God said, if you hate correction, you're stupid. That's pretty blunt. So, you know, if, if your kids say that, don't say it's a bad word. It's a, it's a Bible word. They're just preaching the Bible, all right? So it's okay. God says, if you hate correction, you're stupid. Now, if you're not listening to the people in your life, the Bible says that is a foolish way to live and a foolish way to lead. So I need to have people in my life that can speak into my life, but I need to listen to those people. And thirdly, the question I need to ask is what I am hearing from the Lord. Look at verse 23. If thou shalt do this thing, and God command thee so. See, Jethro, he, he, he understood who he was talking to, and he understood that Moses didn't just need to listen to him. He goes, Moses, here's my idea, and you need to, you need to, to pray to God and ask God if this is what he would want as well. Make sure this is what God would want you to do. He goes, if thou shalt do this thing and God command thee so, then thou shalt be able to endure and all this people shall also go to their place in peace. Jethro was saying, Moses, this is my input, but you need to take what I have said and you need to go to God to make sure it's right. Look, all counsel is not good counsel. All counsel is not godly counsel. Just because someone tells you to do it doesn't mean it's right. You need to make sure that what you are hearing is from God. So how do you do that? Three ways. First way you ask yourself, is it consistent with the Word of God? If it's not consistent with the Word of God, don't even pray about it. If someone comes to you and says, your wife's not treating you right, you should divorce her and find a better one. That's not consistent with the Word of God, so that's not godly counsel, so ignore that. You may say, but it's a great idea. No, it ain't. Because it's against the Scripture. So is, is it consistent with the Word of God? Look, someone says, hey, man, you should take that job because it pays you so much better. Yeah, I know it makes you lose, miss church on Sundays. But hey, you know what? It gives you more money. Miss that whole skipping church on It's not consistent with the Word of God. Don't take that counsel. So when someone gives you advice, the first thing you ask is, does this line up with God's advice? Does this line up with the Word of God? So if it's not consistent with God's Word, don't listen to it. Second question, is it confirmed through the input of others? Proverbs tells us, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. You need more than just one person that has complete access and influence over your life. You need to go to a couple people and get their input. And if this person's input lines up with everybody else's input and it all agrees with the Word of God and it's, it's consistent with what you're saying, then, then that could be good, godly counsel to listen to. So get other people's input. See if they agree. Look, we do it with our doctors all the time. Our doctor gives us a bad, bad uh, report. What do we do? We get a second opinion. Why? Because we want to make sure that he's, he made the right choice. He made the right, right analysis because he's a doctor and doctors are, are, are human and doctors are, are, are fallible and doctors make mistakes. So he gets like, why don't we do that in every area of our life? 
Get other people's advice. And if they all line up, they all agree, then that could be good counsel. Third question, is there a check in your spirit? Here's what I mean by that. Is there a sense of a peace from God or is there apprehension from the Holy Spirit? If someone gives you some counsel and your spirit says, oh, I just don't, I don't know if that's what I ought to do, then that's not what you ought to do. Listen to, see, that's what the great thing about the Holy Spirit living inside of us is. When God gave us the Holy Spirit, he gave us this, this, his spirit, his character living and abiding inside of us. When, when you sin and your conscience goes, Ugh, that's the Holy Spirit. So if anyone gives you advice and the Holy Spirit inside of you goes, I don't know if that sounds good, then listen to the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Look, that's, that's good in every area of life. If you're, and I, I listen to, a lot of different pastors and preachers throughout the week, because I listen to a lot of preaching, and I always, if, if someone's preaching and they say something, I go, I don't know if that sounds right. I usually don't listen to them anymore. Because that's the Holy Spirit inside of me saying, that don't sound right. Well, that's not what I meant by that verse. Well, I, didn't, I never said that. He's saying God said, but God never said. So if someone gives you counsel and your spirit goes, that's God telling you, they may be good people, they may be godly people, but that's not what God wants you to do. You cannot have peace from God and apprehension in your spirit at the same time. So if you hear someone and it lines up with the word of God and it's consistent with what others are saying and you have peace in your spirit, then you can believe you have heard from God. Leaders receive counsel from others. So who is in your life that you're listening to? If you don't have a couple of them, you need to find some. That if, if you don't have a couple people that you think, yeah, these, these are my friends, or you know, definitely one of them should be your spouse, but not all the time. But they should be one of the many. But who do you, who do you have in your life to see, yeah, these, these guys, these, these ladies, they... They can speak into my life, and, and they have access to that. If you don't have a couple, this week you need to pray about God giving you a couple. Who is in your life that you're listening to? And are you listening to those people when they speak into your life and is what you're hearing from God? So here's what the question is. Are you a leader that receives counsel? Let's pray. Heavenly Father.